to express yourself where teens talk and the world listens presented by star style productions as an international outreach program of be the star you are charity you'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters meet and chat with cool celebrities exhilarating experts and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know it's time to kick off the fun with our star teens welcome to express yourself The best way to find yourself is to lose yourself in the service of others. Mahatma Gandhi. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We are a program by, for, and with creative young people, a platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. From Cynthia Bryan, producer of Express Yourself and Star Style Productions, we bring this program to the airwaves as an outreach service of the Be the Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit by GuideStar and great nonprofits. I'm Siri Panindra, and before we get into today's show that revolves all around healthcare heroes, be sure to check out our website at btsya.org. And as part of our disaster relief outreach program, Be the Star You Are has collaborated with the Authors Guild to showcase the new books launched by many authors from around the country in a variety of genres. So make sure you're tuned in to Star Style, Be the Star You Are on Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time for Wednesdays with Writers, as well as Express Yourself, airing on Sundays at 3 p.m. for Super Smart Sundays, both broadcasting right here on Voice America, Network's Empowerment Channel. Another announcement for middle schoolers, Be The Star You Are has partnered with student-run Seattle Advocates for Education to launch the HOPE Challenge, a free entrepreneurship competition for middle school students. This is a fantastic opportunity for young entrepreneurs to innovate today's technology and win awards ranging from $25 to $200. More information at thehopechallenge.org. Today, we have a great hour planned for you. In segment two, I will be interviewing two healthcare heroes, Dr. Mary Choi and Michelle Kaufman, all the way from New York City. We will be wrapping up our show with a few ways to show our appreciation for our healthcare heroes. And right now, I'll be sharing some quick food for thought. So I recently tuned in to one of Neil deGrasse Tyson's talks where he shared his thoughts on the coronavirus pandemic. And something that he emphasized was that the coronavirus is diabolical, not because of how deadly it is, but how asymptotic it is or how symptomless it is. And in comparison, we have many other diseases like cholera, which, especially the severe cases, is notorious for killing an individual in a day or two. Extremely deadly cases of cholera are not as harmful to a society than less deadly viruses in the long term. So let me explain that. That is because with less deadly viruses, such as the coronavirus, you do not show symptoms for many days and you have the opportunity of spreading the virus to your family, friends, co-workers, etc. And that is how it exponentially kills more people without even knowing ourselves. Compared to an extremely deadly disease where just one individual is killed and there's a lesser opportunity to spread the disease. 
Of course, even one life matters, absolutely. But this comparison, it just, it was unbelievable to think about. So I thought I would start off the show with something um, really interesting to get you thinking. So Neil made that distinction, and I thought I would share today because it is so astonishing how a less deadly disease can be more diabolical than an extremely deadly disease. Well, thank you so much for tuning into this segment. As a reminder, the newest establishment in the series Be the Star You Are, Millennials to Boomers, Celebrating Gifts of Positive Voices in a Changing Digital World, is available on starstylestore.net. And if you're looking for a new book to read, consider picking up a copy. I'm Siri Panindra, and remember, your purchase benefits the Be the Star You Are 501c3 charity and this Express Yourself program as a donation. You can check out youtube.com slash be the star you are for our very fun and informative videos on living, laughing, and learning. Visit us at www.btsya.org and check out past editions of our show at expressyourselfteenradio.com. Keep on listening to our conversation about our healthcare heroes on Express Yourself. After the break. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Thanks for staying with us here at Express Yourself on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We are here today with Dr. Mary Choi and Dr. Michelle Kaufman, both of them who have authored Healthcare Heroes, The Medical Careers Guide, which demystifies the diverse group of healthcare professionals who comprise the modern healthcare team. Dr. Choi and Dr. Kaufman have been recognized with many national prestigious awards for their significant contributions to clinical pharmacy practice. A little bit about Mary Choi. She is a doctor of pharmacy, educator, and author who lives in New York City. For over 15 years, Dr. Choi has trained countless healthcare professionals and has shared her personal strategies for success at different venues throughout the U.S. She's the director of pharmacy practice for the New York State Council of Health System Pharmacists. Um, hi, Mary. Hi, Siri. How are you? 
Doing good, thank you. And now a little bit about Michelle Kaufman, who is a doctor of pharmacy and medical writer who lives in New York City. She is a pharmacist at New York Presbyterian Hospital, Lower Manhattan, where she evaluates ordered medicines to ensure patients have the best outcomes. Dr. Kaufman has offered and authored over 300 articles and was a contributor editor for PNT and Formulary Journal for many years. So, hi, Michelle. How are you doing today? Jerry, I'm fine. Thank you. Perfect. Is it okay if I address you as Mary and Michelle? Perfect. Absolutely. All right. So, let's just jump right in. Maybe, maybe you can, Mary, you can go first. So, how did you start your journey as a healthcare professional? Sure. Um, so my mom had actually suggested pharmacy as a career for me uh, as early as middle school. And I really thought it was a great profession to be in. Uh, then I moved on to high school and I actually majored in business. But when it was time to apply for colleges, I did apply to pharmacy school. And I remember that I was so happy getting into an accelerated pharmacy school. And it was a six-year doctor of pharmacy program compared to the usual uh, eight years. And when I was in school, I knew that I needed some real world experience. And so I worked at the community pharmacy and then I got a job at the hospital later on because I wanted more exposure to different uh, practice settings while I was still a student to figure out what I really wanted to do um, after graduation. And working at the hospital really changed my path where I enjoyed working there so much that I decided to do a residency, which is kind of like what doctors do after medical school. And it's where I worked as a licensed pharmacist after graduation, but it's also training under an experienced preceptor who was an educator and clinician for a year. And what I wanted to do was become a clinical pharmacist and pharmacy professor, and that's important to uh, complete the residency. And as a pharmacy professor, I taught students in the classroom. I also started a few new pra clinical practice sites at large health systems where I taught students at the hospital during their school rotations. And these rotations serve as a bridge between the classroom and the hospital where students get to see the big picture and apply the knowledge that they learn from school to patient care. And it's really a multidisciplinary healthcare team. And that's what students learn and get to see in practice where they're working with doctors, nurses, social workers, residents, students, and many other healthcare professionals. And pharmacists are involved in terms of explaining about drugs, improving medication um, adherence, which is taking medications properly, and really ensuring patients have the best uh, results with their medications. And it's really amazing how all of these different healthcare professionals were really all on the same team to care for our patients. Oh, that's amazing, Mary. Everything you're doing is so meaningful, especially working with youth and patients. That's absolutely amazing. Michelle, what about you? How did you start your journey? So I have a lot of different ways I started my journey, but one of the main ways was when I was in elementary school, I joined the Girl Scouts. And actually, one of the few people that stayed in Girl, Scout, Girl Scouts for the long haul, I was actually in Girl Scouts for over 10 years until I was a senior in high school. And I went through all the different levels of Girl Scouting from being a brownie through juniors and cadets to being a senior. And when I was in Girl Scouts, I was really into first aid and at home actually had my own first aid kit. And it was kind of almost like a joke of my family because I always would like pull out the first aid kit whenever Anytime anybody like had some sort of issue that required first aid. And I was really, really happy at Girl Scouts to get all the first aid and medical related badges. And 
also when I was growing up, I was into science. I was really loved science in school and all the little experiments that we did when we were in elementary school and in middle school. And I had a chemistry set that I loved to experiment with. And I loved chemistry all through high school and college. And anytime I had lab science, labs for any of my classes, I really, really loved working in the lab. And I got a summer, I got some summer jobs in high school working in a chemistry lab where we analyzed raw materials that were used to make drugs. And when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do for a career, I realized that I was already heading towards a career in science because I love doing all these different science things. And I worked in a lab and I really love working in a lab and doing all that type of stuff. So in that one summer job where I learned about the different properties of medicine, um, that sort of led me towards a major in pharmacy. And that with the fact that I always wanted to help people and learn how drugs worked in the body, pharmacy was really the, the step that was like the answer to my future going into pharmacy. Oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah. My sister is actually a Girl Scout and she's also leaning towards science and medicine. So maybe it's a trend. I don't know. You'll have to do more <laughs> surveys. And, and it's, you know, and it seems, it seems more, uh, you know, the girls, obviously the Girl Scouts have evolved um, for, you know, into doing a lot more career oriented and STEM and STEAM things for, for young girls over the years. I mean, when I was in a Girl Scout, it was, you know, it was quite a little while ago, but it, you know, I did do the science stuff and there wasn't a lot, but now there's so much more. And these girls today really have such a great opportunity to do all these great new things with the Girl Scouts. And it's really, it's, it's great. It's just amazing. And they're very lucky. Oh, yes, definitely. I can tell by, you know, Girl Scouts that your character changes throughout the process and you become like a different person and evolve basically. So moving on to my next question, maybe Michelle, would you like to try this one first? What made you want to empower youth and how has empowering youth changed you as a person? So growing up, I was very fortunate to have the support of my parents, but I know not everybody has the same support. My parents were really instrumental in providing me with career guidance. Uh, my father was actually a scientist, so that was helpful, and my mom was an educator. Uh, when I was a pharmacy student working in the hospital, uh, actually my mom did some networking and helped me get the job in the hospital, I had some really, really great mentors who guided me and made a really big difference in my career. And having had that experience, I always try to pay it forward and help future generations of kids. And I have mentored students when I was in my PharmD program, during my fellowship, which was like a, it's like it's like a residency, but it's more research oriented. I did that for a year after I did my PharmD program. So I got to mentor students during that. And since then I continue to mentor students and new pharmacists in the workplace and any other opportunities when they arise. And doing this is kind of my way of empowering the next generations. Yeah, definitely. Um, what about you, Mary? I think it's really important to engage youth early on and prepare them to be leaders and problem solvers. Uh, I got to partner with several local and national organizations who had programs to empower youth, and some of them had career panel events in underserved communities. And growing up for myself, I actually didn't have access to many resources. So as a pharmacist, it means a lot for me to be able to give back to my community. And I was happy to not just be a speaker, but organize and get other people involved as well. So students can 
really benefit and learn from everybody. And one of the other projects I was involved with that was really fun involved doing something outside of the box for me. And that was filming a video with students from public schools. And it was part of the Kick Butts Day, which is a national day of activism that empowers youth to speak out and take action against tobacco in their community. And it was really fun to be involved in this creative project where I got to be an actor, a writer, recruiter of the kids, which was great (laughs) because they learned about um, something that's bad for their body in a fun way which makes it more likely for them to remember and that they'll remember all the negative aspects of smoking. And it makes me want to continue to interact and teach this age group so that I could educate more kids about different health topics. And, you know, as you know, these days with career empowerment and empowering youth, I mean, it really starts the, some of the career events, they start as early as uh, elementary and kindergarten. And, you know, it's, it's really been um, inspiring to be able to be involved in all of that and helping youth um, with all of the, and, and be a mentor and guide them to different career opportunities and uh, empowering them. Yeah, of so, course. So Siri, you know, for, for empowering kids, I mean, when I see a kid that has an aha moment or a wow moment, that's just so amazing to me. And it's so incredible to get kids talking about what they want to do. So when we've done some author visits, it's really meaningful when kids come up to us after the talk and tell us what their interests are. And then we can do like a really quick brainstorming session and give them ideas about the different careers that are available. Yeah, you know, I would appreciate that you know, getting some feedback from a young age, especially on what I should be doing in the future. So yeah, thank you guys for empowering youth. And no, and a lot of kids really don't know what they want to do. And they might not even link their interests to a specific career. Like, you know, we talk to kids and a lot of kids are interested in sports and a lot of kids want to be pro athletes. But you know, pro athletes, you know, that's, that's a really, that's a high bar. It's a really high bar to achieve. And there are a lot of pro athletes but not every kid can be a pro athlete I mean it would be great if they all could be but that doesn't you know it doesn't always work that way mm-hmm. so you know there's other there are other careers that kids are interested in sports I mean there's physical therapy there's athletic trainer there's physical therapy assistants they're all great healthcare careers that kids might not even know about that are great for kids that love sports yeah definitely it took me quite some time to decide what I wanted to do Um, So right now I'll be heading into college this fall um, and I've kind of changed my career choice over the past few years. I remember when I was young I wanted to become a doctor and then going into high school I got involved with my engineering academy and now I decided to take um, business and computer science. So thank you guys for taking the initiative and talking to students from the young age you know so that you give clarity um, for their futures. So, yeah, thank you. Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, everyone really needs a mentor and I, you know, it's important to prepare students early on to be ready for interviews, giving presentations. And, uh, one of my things is that it's really never too early to get started on your resume. And also in general, just writing and publishing your papers and, you know, being able to help, kids publish and see their name in print. That's one of the most gratifying things about mentoring students. Yes, I was actually so privileged to have a mentorship program at my high school um, as part of the Engineering Academy where we were paired up with an industry professional and she helped me develop my resume. And I can tell that mentoring is just, it's really helpful for both people. Um, So thank you guys. 
Um, so my next question, um, in the midst of this pandemic, the phrase healthcare heroes can be seen anywhere from the news to social media. And as healthcare workers, do you think that your book serves an even greater purpose now than ever before as the world recognizes healthcare workers as the heroes they are? Mary, would you like to give your thoughts on that question, please? Sure. Thanks, Siri. Absolutely. We've always believed that all healthcare professionals are heroes. And as we can all see, the world needs more healthcare heroes, and they come in all forms. They go above and beyond every day, no matter what the patient's needs are. Uh, some of our pharmacy colleagues that are delivering medications to sick patients, even after they've gotten off work, uh, some of them have gotten COVID-19, but they're still checking on their pharmacy every day and their colleagues to make sure that they're okay and that patients are getting the right care. And there's just so many stories, amazing stories out there of, of all these uh, healthcare heroes. Yes, thank you guys. Um, in my next segment, I'll be talking about how we can express our gratitude to healthcare heroes because you guys are doing so much for us. Um, Michelle, what about you? Yeah, I definitely think there's a greater purpose. I mean, there, like I said, like Mary said, we always believe that all healthcare professionals are heroes. And you know, another example is EMTs, emergency medical technicians, or paramedics. They never know where their next call is going to come from or mm -hmm. when their next call is going to be. They never know what they're going to have to do. Do they have to give CPR? Does someone's mm -hmm. heart stop? Do they have to give CPR? Is someone having an asthma attack? They have to be prepared for everything. EMTs are everyday frontline healthcare heroes. The Healthcare Heroes book helps anyone who reads it to learn about the many different healthcare careers. In their own way, everyone that works in the healthcare field is a hero. Yes, I agree. Any, you know, any essential worker, any healthcare worker, they're risking their lives and it's just so meaningful, especially during this time. And it kind of leads into my next question. Um, you both are located in New York at the moment, and how has the pandemic affected you guys, and is it the epicenter for the U.S. for COVID-19 as of now? Uh, it was. It was the epicenter, and I think uh, now it's been uh, slowing down. So currently, uh, we're in uh, phase two right now. So it's gotten better and we're hoping that it, you know, it stays that way. And, um, you know, because there might be a second wave coming and, uh, we just want to make sure that we should do our due diligence, wear masks, social distance, and, mm -hmm. um, make sure that we're all following, um, the rules and, you know, and keeping ourselves safe as well as our, uh, you know, strangers really just by wearing a mask. And that's something that's so simple, but, um, and, and necessary to do for everybody. Yes. Yeah. What about you, Michelle? Yeah, I know. We we're definitely the epicenter of the virus. Our our cases are our case numbers are really low now. They're almost under a thousand in the state. We just started, as Mary said, we just started phase two this week. Um, most of the rest of the state is in phase three, going into phase four, I believe. Um, they basically uh, our governor basically just did some, he does a lot of collaboration with, um, I believe Connecticut and New Jersey because they're border states and mm -hmm. um, they, we do a lot, we know we do a lot of work with them, but, but they, the three governors just said that um, 
there's areas in the country now that have uh, cases going up and that anybody that comes in fr from any of those places that that they need to like self-quarantine for like mm -hmm. they come to visit then they leave then anyone they come in contact with they needs to self-quarantine so we're back to like that back to that and trying to you know make sure that we don't get exposed we don't get exposed or anybody doesn't get exposed when this was when this was the epicenter there were so many serious cases i had so many friends lose relatives and close friends the virus was so scary i mean it's invisible it's still here it's just on a lower level and if people don't do what they need to do like mary said wear a mask and wash your hands and keep hand sanitizer with you and use it and to social distance. I mean, I see people walking around without masks. They think this won't affect them, but they're wrong. It can affect anyone. Yeah. And it, you know, I, I saw, you know, patients coming, young patients coming into the hospital, like 20s, 30s, 40s, they walk in. And the next thing I knew they were, you know, they were, they had symptoms and they were, Maybe they didn't think they were so severe, but they came in and the next day I know they were in the intensive care unit on a ventilator and it's really, really scary. So it's important to really remain vigilant and to do the right thing. Wear the mask, social distance, clean, be smart and be safe. Yeah, social distancing is really important. And I kind of feel we're underestimating the power just because you don't see symptoms like at that time, but that's just another reason why we should avoid contact with people. So out of curiosity, what symptoms did you witness the most? And around what ages were most of your patients coming into the hospital? Uh, Michelle, would you like to answer that? Yeah, you know, I'm, I, you know, I didn't do a survey of, how, of the age ranges, but we did have, we had all, we had, all, excuse me, we had all age ranges. So we had 20-year-olds to like 80-year-olds. And most people had pulmonary symptoms. They would come in and they would have difficulty breathing and they wouldn't be able to like keep their oxygenation level up. That's pretty oh. much, you know, and cough, a lot of coughing. Mm -hmm. And uh, like, you know, like a, almost like a regular pneumonia type of sim symptomatology, but totally, you know, a different cause. It's definitely then, scary. And then rapidly progressing to oh my you know, gosh. more severe. Yeah, in like within 24 hours. That's why it was so scary. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right. And, and I think initially it started out with affecting um, older people more and a lot of them just, you know, progress rapidly. But as we all know, it definitely does affect young people as well. And that's all the more reason to really be careful and just not think that you're immune to everything um, um, because it is something that is very real. And, you know, the pandemic is not over yet. So, um, you know, it's not time to relax and, and you know, you should always be cautious and, and, and stay that way just to make sure that, you know, we're all doing what we're supposed to do. Yeah, exactly. My community, um, especially my school, when we had to pick up our graduation supplies, um, it was really strict and organized that we had to stand six feet apart and you just have to take your stuff and leave and don't communicate with anyone. And I'm really happy that, you know, we're doing that because it's so important and it's life that we're talking about. It's, it's not anything else. Right. So, and, it's, and it's sad too that, you know, you and other people that graduated didn't get to have that graduation ceremony and hang out with your friends and do all the great, you know, all those fun things that you get to do as a graduate. But 
you did still graduate. That's the important thing. And, you know, you got, you got, you know, the things that you needed to get. And it's unfortunate that we're in this, but people need to, like you said, people just, it's, it's not a joke. It's a serious thing and it's not over. Honestly, I was a little, you know, bummed out because of my senior ball and everything canceling, but I talked to my mom and she said that, you know, we're alive and that's the thing that matters during this time because so many people are just leaving every day and so many people are not taking, are taking life for granted and, you know, every day is precious, every day is precious, especially during this time. So going back to the book, um, maybe Mary, you can start off. How did you find inspiration to write your book and how did you involve the youth in the publishing of your book? Well, Siri, we were actually inspired by youth. So over the years, uh, Michelle and I have spoken to so many people about healthcare careers, uh, answer so many questions, and some of which are not even in our own field of pharmacy. Mm. Um, and we've, we've also written a lot of like professional articles for different audiences over the years. And we really love our jobs. We really love pharmacy. We love writing. And that's a hobby for us. And, you know, we're happy to help so many healthcare professionals and the general public through our writing. And we just met so many colleagues along the way that had the, all of these inspiring stories that we wanted to share with everybody else. And we thought that it would probably help everyone else as well. And since our book was geared towards youth, um, we involved them from the beginning in terms of uh, the review process of the book. So we had a team of young adults They were anywhere from 11 to 18 years old who helped us with reviewing the first draft of the book uh, several months before uh, publishing it. And we wanted to include their voice uh, because they were going to be the end users of the book. And Mm -hmm. we wanted to hear their thoughts, see if there were any definitions that they didn't understand. We, I mean, we have a glossary, but we just wanted to make sure that we covered all the points and to really ensure that the um, young adults would understand all of that and to get just overall clarity on the project and implement their honest opinions. And we got some really excellent feedback that shaped the book into what it is today. Yeah, that's great. I love how you took, you know, the kids and you took their opinion and then based that into the book. Uh, what about you, Michelle? Would you like to add anything? Yeah. Yeah. But as for inspiration, well, you know, most people only know a few healthcare professions or knew, know a few professions in health in healthcare, you know, whoever they come in contact with, most people know doctor, retail pharmacist, nursing, and there's some other careers in there, depending on what they've been exposed to. And um, we want to shed more light on all the different healthcare careers that people might not know about or might not have heard of. We include things like uh, music therapy or medical imaging technologist, or surgical technologist, pharmacy technician, speech therapy, you know, that's just a few. And even STEM careers like a biomedical engineer. And these amazing experts were all excited to share their stories so that people could learn about how to prepare to become a healthcare professional, the training that's needed, and the potential practice sites, and even what their day-to-day job is like. We actually asked 28 different people to each write about their own career. Many of these experts who wrote the chapters, when we asked them to write the chapters, they said, boy, I wish I had this book when I was trying to decide what to do with my career. So this provided us with even more inspiration to write the book. And yeah. In addition, yeah, right? Yeah, that'd be really helpful for you know anyone going into the medical field. It's like a dictionary. That, that's yeah. Great. yeah, and in addition to including the 
the young adult reviewers, we also acknowledge their contributions and thank them in our book. So they oh. get to see their name in the book and we signed a copy for each one of them. We thank we handed one personally to each one of the one of the kids that helped us out. Oh, and that's so cool. Yeah. So th those yeah, I'm sure the kids would have been really excited to see their name on the book. It's like, Mommy, Daddy, look, I published. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and it was a really nice surprise for them. And then oh. we've got, and they said to us, like, wow, you made our year. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, it was so sweet. <laughs> yeah. So what advice would you give to people who are interested in getting into the medical field? We can start off with you, Mary. Sure. Uh, I would say to uh, do your research. I think that's always the first thing to do, uh, especially when you don't know something. Just uh, do an internet search, read books, uh, just explore all the different uh, careers that you might be interested in. Be inspired by speaking to people in different fields. If you have friends or family members in the medical field, uh, talk to them. And use this opportunity to connect with anyone, you know, that has an interesting career or a career that you might want to learn more about, you know, have your questions ready and, you know, and ask and ask if they'll be willing to talk to you. I mean, um, I think it's always good to just ask. And right now, the time people are, you know, interested in connecting more and we have a little bit more time um, with, with some people that are staying at home. So uh, I think it's good to uh, connect and try to build up your network uh, mm -hmm. this way. Um, and Michelle and I ha actually met through uh, networking at a, a pharmacy um, at a medical uh, meeting and, uh, and look where we are today, right? So yeah. <laughs> uh, you should always think about your network, I think, wherever you are. And, uh, and when things normalize, uh, you might want to volunteer and some places might be at hospital or medical offices. And in the past, the places that also accept kids during the summer or even year round for different uh, volunteer uh, activities and opportunities. Yeah, I know many of my friends, um, high school friends, they shadowed someone obviously before the pandemic and they told me that it was so amazing to live in the shoes of someone else. Um, yeah, so uh, Michelle, uh, can you talk more on medical school? So um, Mary talked more about the medical field. Can you talk a little bit about the school and the university experience? You mean like pharmacy school or? Yes, yes. Um, well, right now, uh, most of pharmacy programs are a six-year program. You come in through high school and the first four years are in the classroom doing didactic learning where you basically have all your subjects. You do, you know, you have prerequisite subjects and then you have pharmacy subjects where you learn pharmacology, how drugs work in the body, a lot of the different drugs, all the different disease states. And then your last two years, you do experience, experiential where you um, spend time in a hospital pharmacy and a retail pharmacy and doing more like uh, the, well, I guess it's more like the distributive role, the more traditional types of pharmacy role that you might expect to see in like a retail or an ambulatory setting. And then you get to do a year of clinical rotations where you work in the hospital, like Mary was talking about, where she was 
she set up those clinical rotations where she mentored students and brought them through where they would round with the team and see patients on a daily basis and then get together with their preceptor and present patients and have a, a give and take learning experience. So clinical rotations and most of the PharmD programs last a year. Some of them may be a little less and some may be a little more. It's a very rigorous program. Oh, yes, and, I can tell. <laughs> and there's yeah. a lot of programs right now that are also, uh, let's say you're, um, you get your bachelor's in biology and or in a science field, and then you decide, well, you're interested in pharmacy. There's a lot of programs out there that are four years of PharmD. So it's four years of bachelor's and then four years of PharmD mm -hmm. as well. And then, uh, then you have the opportunity for a one-year or two-year residency, depending on what you wanted to pursue. And there's so many opportunities in pharmacy. Um, most people might be familiar with the community pharmacy, uh, but there's also hospital and there's also industry uh, where they work in pharmaceutical companies. And uh, there's so many different areas of uh, pharmacy that you can go into, uh, that you can go into, or even if you're interested in computers and you're good at informatics, then you can become an informatics pharmacist as well. So, <laughs> yeah, there's a just really a wide field. spectrum. <laughs> yeah. So, Mary, um, with all of the live events canceled, um, what are your suggestions for how kids can stay motivated and inspired? I would, I, I guess my number one thing would always be uh, to read books, look at websites online, look at, you can read the newsletters of professional societies maybe, um, and you can also maybe contact them and see if you can actually help with anything. So maybe you can volunteer through this way. Like if you're really good at um, using Canva or doing some sort of graphic design, or maybe you, maybe you're a high school student who knows how to build a website. You can, you know, reach out and just volunteer this way and maybe you'll get a response. You never know. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's the power of networking. Right. And then there are also virtual camps that are focused on healthcare and being that they're virtual, then you can just stay home. They can, they can take people from out of state since you don't need to travel. And there's a lot of them, actually, if you just do a search. I just did a search earlier today, and a bunch of them just came up, and a lot of them are free as well. So that might be a good avenue to pursue uh, if you want, if you're able to do that virtual uh, healthcare um, career camp. Mm, I mean, oh, wow. A lot of resources available. What about I mean, you, Michelle? You know, just uh, piggybacking off of that virtual camp, I mean, there, there were live camps before the pandemic. And, and a lot of those camps, you know, if you're local and you wanted to go to them, you know, you would pay and go. And so in a way, the pandemic has helped, uh, help, I guess, you know, a lot of things went virtual and it made it a lot easier to access. And like we said, you know, some of these things are free and they're, you know, I mean, if you're in California, that it might be in New York or it might be in the Midwest. And normally that might be something really difficult for you to be able to do money wise, time wise, et cetera. But being that it's virtual, it really opens up all that opportunity for kids now that are interested in this. So it's really, really a great thing. In addition, um, you know, other other ways for kids to stay motivated and inspired. You know, Mary said reading and writing are really great ways to stay motivated and, and inspired. And kids, you know, aside from checking websites for professional societies, which is really great, and maybe they can join some of those as students or maybe they can join them you know, for free, or I don't know, but maybe. There are a lot of um, great topics of general interest for 
for kids that are interested in healthcare field, there's a lot of health-related websites. And there's a lot of really general ones like you know, Medscape and NIH.gov, Medical News Today, WebMD. I'm not, that's just a few of them, but there's a whole bunch of them that are just general and you could go on. And if you're interested in diabetes, you could look up stuff on diabetes. And if you're interested in pediatrics, you can look at, at stuff on pediatrics. And then there's, you know, professional societies also in anything, areas of interest like diabetes, the American Diabetes Association, and they have other organizations as well. And pediatrics, there's American Academy of Pediatrics. There's just so many, there's just a ton of information online and it's a great place to go for information and to get inspired. Oh yeah, I bet. Yeah, the internet is a hub of like so much information that you can learn about anything and I'm sure with the pandemic, many young people are, you know, very interested and curious about the medical field. So your book will be very helpful to help youth find some areas of interest. So, um, Michelle, where can we find more information about your book? So we created a website for the book, and it's a very easy name. It's healthcareheroesbook.com, name of the book. And um, we're going to be adding some fun learning activities and we're going to be adding all some new stuff to the website and there's just a great, it's a great place to go. You can see, and actually this radio show will be there too. So even oh, yeah. more. That's great. great. All right. Um, so before we end the segment, um, I just want each of you to go and uh, basically say, like your last words, like what's the message you want to get through to our listeners and our teens listening? So we can start off with Mary. Sure. Well, I'm, I'm grateful and thankful to be here today. Um, it's really, really great opportunity to uh, chat with you, Siri. Really appreciate it. And I think my message to our, our listeners really is to keep keep going and keep inspired and uh, just make sure that you have your goals in place and that you're checking them off and um, that you're doing something that will inspire you every day, whatever that may be, whether it's a walk or um, connecting with family, which is really important right now and uh, always, and uh, really just to uh, stay inspired. Thank you, Siri. Oh, yes. And thank you, Michelle and Mary, for this. Um, the amount of bravery and sacrifice you're exhibiting, it, it really means a lot to all of us. Um, what about you, Michelle? Would you like to um, give your thoughts on the message? Yeah, you know, Mary and I always think alike, and I really like what she had to say. But, you know, I know that's always a talk <laughs> but, but I'd like, you know, like to thank you, Siri. This was really a great opportunity. Um, we want everyone to stay safe. We want everyone to, you know, follow the rule, follow the rules for the pandemic. And as far as your career, you can you can explore lots of different lots of different things in your life. And you know, healthcare might be for you, or maybe it's not for you. But if there's something you like to do, you know, go with that and see where it leads you. And you know, it may lead you to a great place. And you could turn it into a career and people can reinvent themselves over and over again if they want. But, you know, just stay inspired, stick with it and 
be be yourself and be yeah. true to yourself. Thank you. I appreciate that, especially since I'm like experimenting with so many different majors. My first semester at college, <laughs> I'm going with three different routes. So thank you for and that. And that's thank okay. You that. You'll definitely okay. learn from all of them. And you know, I was in business in high school, and then you know, I went to pharmacy. So uh, you know, you never know where it will uh, bring you. So I think it's important to just expose yourself to as much as possible and learn from all all your different experiences. Definitely. You always learn something. You might learn that you don't like something. At least you learn something. And then you know that that's not something you want to pursue, but you learn that you don't want to do that. And then you go on to the next thing. So just stick with it. And if it doesn't work for you, try something else. It's okay. Oh, that means a lot. Thank you so much, Mary and Michelle. Well, thank you so much for sharing your insight and wisdom, and thank you for your courage. I, I truly appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. Um, I recommend checking out, thank you. I recommend checking out healthcareheroesbook.com, as Michelle mentioned, and Healthcare Heroes Book on Facebook. You can follow Dr. Choi at Dr. Mary Choi on Twitter and Instagram, as well as Dr. Kaufman at Guru on Twitter. And you can also show your love for more segments by donating to the Be The Star You Are 501c3 literacy charity that brings you this program at www.bethestarur.org. I'm Siri Panindra, and keep listening for more about healthcare heroes. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back to Express Yourself. I'm Siri Panindra, and this week's show is centered around healthcare heroes. And for this last segment, I will be talking about how we can share gratitude to our frontline healthcare workers who are battling the coronavirus with courage, dedication, and commitment. And I personally am just so grateful for our care providers at this time of crisis who have been so devoted to taking care of all of us. And the amount of bravery and sacrifice they're showcasing 
it truly deserves an abundant amount of gratitude. So around the world, many people have taken the initiative to show appreciation and they're really creative, brilliant ideas. So I thought I would share a few. For instance, the United States Air Force Thunderbirds, they flew over Colorado and many cities to show appreciation for our essential workers. Um, in contrast, San Diego displayed a thank you message on their California Tower and the Paris Eiffel Tower, it displayed the word mercy. And even the smallest acts of kindness can go a long way. Um, in France, hairdressers gave free haircuts to medical staff in front of a hospital, which is just so, it's so beautiful. And one of the staff from the Oklahoma City Dodgers prepared hot dogs for the frontline workers. In New Delhi, people lit oil lamps to show their support. And I just want to say it's so amazing how people are coming together during this dark time and the possibilities of showing gratitude are truly endless. So I've compiled a list of different things we can do to show appreciation. One of them is by donating to healthcare facilities or organizations. It can be through donations or it can be donating supplies, which is extremely important. Um, it can be masks, hand sanitizers, gloves, you name it. Um, especially since nurses have dedicated so much time to their career, they would truly appreciate those supplies. We could also help them with their personal life. Um, we can drop off groceries, make meals for them, or even simply say thank you. That, that means a lot. You can also donate to restaurants. I know a couple in my neighborhood are donating meals to our local nurses and doctors and obviously making a conscious effort to stay at home and social distance ourselves is also a very important component. So coming from a family of doctors, my sister and I have written letters to our relatives for their courage and bravery, and we can use social media as a positive platform to get the message through that we truly appreciate them. On that note, I would like to end this segment by saying a big thank you, a, a really big thank you to our nurses, doctors, healthcare workers, and all essential workers around the world. It truly means a lot. Well, unfortunately, we are out of time for today's show. Audience, please support Be The Star You Are and find information on our creative community, charity efforts, and outreach programs at bethestarur.org. You have been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens. I'm Siri Puninjara, and as always, we express our gratitude to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be The Star You Are, and our Voice America Empowerment crew especially our voice engineer, Josh. Thanks to our guests from across the world, and thank you, to you, our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. Show gratitude to our healthcare heroes, speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars to shine.